This is a Crib Room podcast. Bringing you industry news, views and happenings. Hello and welcome along to another Crib Room podcast by Industry Link Media. I'm Glennie Wilson, I'm your host, and in today's podcast, we're talking to the Honourable Bill Johnston, MLA. He is the Minister for Mines and Petroleum Energy and Industrial Relations in Western Australia. We're talking to the Minister for Mines about the expansion to the Joe Lord Core Library in Kalgoorlie, Boulder, also the Exploration Incentive Scheme. The extra resources being put into that one, pardon the pun. Plus, we'll hear about iron ore, what's happening with automation, electric vehicles, and where our state could be in 10 years' time. The moon even gets a mention today. We could be bringing the moon to Western Australia. I know, it sounds far-fetched. Stick into the podcast with us and you'll find out all of the details. Don't forget, again, subscribe through Google Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, through Apple Podcasts as well. This is an Industry Link Media podcast. It's the Crib Room. Let's open up the door and get inside. This is a Crib Room podcast. Minister, thanks very much for your time. No worries, good to be here. Now, are you the Premier's top minister at the moment? The coffers are filling with royalties at the moment, all through mining. Just tell us a little bit more about how the royalties are are helping keep our state running. Yeah, there's no question that uh, royalties are doing very well at the minute, but what people may not realise is that's 20% of the state's income and the other 80% of the state's income is deeply challenged. Our GST is going down because the total amount of GST is going down. This is not about, you know, the 70% floor. It's because the total collection of GST is falling. Uh, Land tax is falling. Nobody's, you know, people are buying houses less often at the moment because people are having trouble with finance, so that means there's less stamp duty. And payroll tax is down because there's less people, unfortunately, employed at the moment. So it's a bit of an or working itself out. Royalties are taking care of that shortfall. Things no, are pretty level, or no? Because because uh, royalties is only twenty percent of the income for the state. The state's finances are very badly affected at the moment. But you would expect that because this is a global pandemic that's led to an economic crisis. Um, it's we're not alone in that uh, that situation. Moving forward and looking at where we are with the royalties increases or anything like that. No, the, the, the government uh, doesn't have any plans at the moment to change any of the royalty rates, but the good news is that because prices of a number of key commodities, iron ore, gold, nickel, are solid at the moment, that's good for our royalty income. Batteries and EV, it's the future first that we're going to talk about today. And recently, Margaret River was announced for a community battery storage facility. Of course, you look after energy as well under your sure. portfolio. Um, you launched there recently a unique five-year trial. While it's sort of energy-related, but we can bring it back to mining with cobalt, nickel and lithium, you're enjoying the fact that we're looking at these sorts of projects and using these these minerals that we're bringing out of Western Australia for these future projects. Yeah, so the future battery industry strategy uh, is... Is, is the way the government in Western Australia is trying to address the opportunities in uh, batteries and EVs. And, and I'm fortunately the minister for that, as well as being minister for energy, minister for mining. And so that uh, trial down in Murray River is an extension of the work that we're doing. Batteries hold a huge opportunity for our energy system because what they allow you to do is overcome some of the natural challenges that renewable energy have for the system as a whole. And that trial in Marga River is a particularly unique one because it's what they call behind the meter. So it's within the business, so the council in that case. 
But there are a range of other trials with community batteries, including one in Kalgoorlie right here in Kalgoorlie. So, um, you know, we're, we're certainly looking at that. And today in Kalgoorlie, I'll be uh, with the Premier to announce that uh, Kalgoorlie uh, Senior High School will be one of the places that gets a, a special battery uh, of, of what we're calling a virtual power plant. So we're turning schools with solar panels and batteries into a, virtually into a power plant to take advantage of uh, renewable energy and give the opportunity for schools to learn all about uh, how renewable energy and batteries are going to play such a big part of our future. Talking about uh, the gold fields, and gold is booming at record US per ounce prices at the moment. You opened Beacon Minerals late last year. That's now producing. Horizon Minerals produced their first uh, gold pour about two weeks ago from recording this podcast. We've got Bardock Gold, Oroband Mining, Black Cat Syndicate, plenty of... (laughs) Look, I could go on forever, but plenty of others below that tier one sort of level of producer. What are the plans of the state government to harness the growing gold sector and provide support and assistance to these emerging companies coming through? Well, one of the things we're doing is we, we, we have understood how difficult the COVID situation's been. So we tried to give relief from the expenditure obligations. That was uh, up to $190 million put, uh, left in the pockets of mining companies in Western Australia or explorers by removing their obligations to work the land for the, for the COVID 12 months. But today we've also announced $5 million extra to go into the exploration incentive scheme Two million of that will be spent on pre-competitive data acquisition to make it easier for people to choose their targets, and three million dollars will go into the co-funded drilling program. So that's to add to the existing five million per annum. So for the next twelve months, we'll have eight million for co-funded drilling. Coming back to my question, you've been reading these forward because I was going to go into the Joe Lord uh, Core Library extension sure. recently, and did you need that extension because there's some further <laughs> things planned from the exploration incentive scheme? But obviously, that's the case. Well, absolutely. Look, you know, the, because of the high gold price, uh, people have never had a, uh, a better time to raise capital. Um, you know, normally you've got a you've got so many challenges in the junior exploration space, but this is a real unique window, and the government's thought, well, this is the time to throw in $3 million extra into the co-funded drilling space. That's available for those junior explorers to get out there and work the ground and find the next, uh, you know, the next big thing. There is, you know, everywhere we look in Western Australia, we seem to find something new, and that's really good for the junior miners. Well, that leads on to my next question as well. The Yulgarn province is starting to, to show its way in some of the gold that's coming out of there too and some of the mineralisation. Um, from there, you've got a project that uh, you're familiar with, with Chalice Gold Mines, and that's about 80 kilometres from the centre of Perth. <laughs> so this is how close mining's you know going, and we're enveloping that, that wheat belt fold now, aren't we? Yeah, well, it's really interesting. I mean, I'm no geologist, but uh, you know, people telling me that... Uh, uh, there's uh, system mineral systems that look good in the in the in the wheat belt, and it is just extraordinary that we're able to uh, find that uh, these new new provinces. And of course, you know who can go past the Winu find by Rio? Who would have thought that Rio would be out exploring in greenfields locations in Western Australia? And look how successful that's been. I mean, it's just amazing. We've got BHP working the Fraser Range. I mean, who would have thought BHP would be out looking for nickel? There is just so many good stories to be told. And, then, and as you say, there's so many junior companies out there taking risks and being rewarded. 
And you talk about some of those big companies, but when it comes to the service industry as well, Collie's being brought online with a Caterpillar facility down there for the only Caterpillar autonomous training facility outside of the States. Um, do you see more advancements in tech and autonomy in the future for Western Australia in particular? Well, Western Australia's mining industry is really a technology story. That's, that's really what it is. It's about applying technology to solve problems. And whether it's in um, you know, innovative exploration activities or uh, automation of dangerous and uh, repetitive tasks, or harnessing AI and sensor information to make more efficiency in operations, Western Australia's mining sector is at the leading edge of applying technology in the workplace. You recently opened the FMG Fortescue Hive as well, iron ore. Are they the leader when it comes to tech and innovation? Is that the resource that's got the most amount of tech going into yeah, it? Yeah, I think there's no question that uh, the iron ore plays at the leading edge of technology, uh, along with the oil and gas people. You know, there's some remarkable achievements. We've got more driverless vehicles here in Western Australia than they do in California. You know, people don't concentrate on the incredible success of, of applied technology here in WA. Away from the mining as such, but uh, what are some of the other highlights for you from the Pilbara region at the moment? Energy opportunities are extraordinary. I mean, LNG has uh, been such a major contributor to Western Australia's economy, and now we're moving into a carbon-constrained world and people are looking at hydrogen as a replacement for methane. And the good news is that that R&D is being done here in Western Australia we have the technologies that we can apply to this new industry and renewable energy will drive that. The place in the world with the best renewable resource is the Pilbara. So um, we're seeing a number of companies now trying to combine renewable energy with export hydrogen and indeed in the Midwest as well. And so we're very excited about that space. You're familiar with the Linus Corporation where they're cracking a leaching facility for Kalgoorlie Boulder and the opportunity to create jobs, which is a, a big part of your government and also becoming a more diverse industry for the gold fields at the same time. How important is that downstream processing to be here in Western Australia? Look, there's no question that uh, our, our future battery industry strategy, which includes rare earths, is trying to encourage downstream processing. And we're very, very pleased that uh, Linus looking to do that right here in Kalgoorlie. That's a potential $500 million investment and we, uh, you know, the company's saying that they will make the decision by the end of this year and the government is working with them to make sure we remove all the regulatory roadblocks to get that project happening. That is a really critical piece of infrastructure because it will unlock, firstly, more mining tenements but also because they'll be able to process the material here in Western Australia but also it means that you have the foundation for further downstream processing. So it's an example, like our nickel industry of, of make, and gold, of making more than just the uh, ore exports. It's about adding value before we export. From a government's point of view, is there a lot of support for activities like this and probably the wraparound facilities for that? Because obviously you're going to have to, to have the need for extra energy, you're going to have to have the need for extra water, all those sorts of things that will come with this sort of downstream process. Yes, we, we want to talk to proponents about what they need. We have a number of industrial parks all around the state that are suitable for these types of industries. Western Australia has a solid regulatory framework so we can cope with the regu uh, regulation of these types of processing facilities. Everybody's seen the challenges that uh, Linus itself had in Malaysia. Uh, you know that when you get your approvals here in Western Australia, that's project for life. Uh, so we are a very solid place to invest. We know that uh, we've got high-skilled workforce, got an advanced R&D, 
this is the place to invest in those uh, battery industry and rare earth projects. Back in February, you announced a reduction in the assessment timeframes for the exploration program of work applications. Are you seeing that that has had an impact? Has it had that already or is there still a little way to go? Oh, look, we can always do more, but that's had a, a response that even during COVID, we've had a very high level of application for programmers of work. We continue to look at what else we can do to reduce timeframes. I was very pleased to see in the Fraser Institute report this year that 100% of respondents in Western Australia said even if there were delays, you knew you'd get a project approved. So we are a very solid place to take your risks because uh, we, we understand the needs of the mining sector. Your investment into TAFE and into infrastructure around schools and education, it's been pretty unprecedented in the last couple of weeks. Even. Yes, indeed. Uh, fellow Minister Sue Ellery was in the goldfields recently announcing um, some changes and then some further funding opportunities have come from that still. We do have this shortage of local skilled people in mining. The State Government, are you looking at this from a 360-degree view? Have you been involved in some conversations? There's been some announcements while you've been in Cowell and, and surrounding that too, but how do we need to capture more from our TAFE to be able to bring on skilled people? Sure, look, so, you know, the government does look at it from a 360 perspective and uh, we have released the state's first STEM strategy, which is focusing on that uh, pipeline of school graduates with a STEM background, and that starts in primary schools. Just as an example, there's a in my own electorate of Cannington, Brookman Primary School in Langford, we've installed a, a science classroom for the primary school because we know, you know we don't have enough Year 12 graduates in science because we don't have enough people finishing Year 10 in science. We don't have enough finishing Year 10 because they don't come out of primary school. So we are trying to create the pipeline of STEM-aware students. And then we're also investing in the TAFE system because we understand the need to support that training for those uh, high-skilled workers that the industry needs. And we obviously engage with the, with the university system. The university system is funded by the Commonwealth Government and we do you know, work with the universities and industry to make sure that we understand the needs of that sector as well. Getting back to COVID, I know we, we sort of danced around it a little bit, sure. but um, some of the challenges faced during COVID, from a mining industry point of view, they, they were probably leaders in, in, in Western Australia when it came to protecting their own workers and protecting sure. keeping the state going. You're pretty proud of the fact that there's been buy-in from the companies to be able to change rosters, which they change back as well, the extra flights, different setups and all those sorts of things? Yeah, look, there's no question that the COVID disease was an incredible challenge for everywhere in the world and we can still see that rolling out in places like the United States where they simply haven't managed these issues at all well. Right at the start, the Premier was determined to keep the mining industry going because he understands how important it is not to not just to Western Australia but to the, high, the entire nation. Right at the start of this uh, COVID, people forget the pressure that was on to shut down all industry, including the mining sector, but the Premier was determined to keep it open and it's very pleasing to see how the industry responded. We've had very, very close engagement with the industry representative bodies and mining companies to make sure that we listened so we understood what was needed to keep the industry running. And we're very pleased that the response from the industry, that they were able to bring in COVID-safe work practices. One of those was to reduce travel, which meant longer swings, and we do appreciate that meant sacrifice for individual workers who are away from their families more than they would have otherwise been, and we really appreciate the fact they did all they did all did that. We're now expecting companies to get back to a more family-friendly friendly roster arrangements and we 
are pleased that most companies are responding to that. But that doesn't mean COVID's disappeared and we do understand that there continues to be demands in workplaces to have COVID safe practices. And then FIFO out of that as well, I suppose there's been a bit of a, not a change, but there's just been a different way of looking at FIFO. Obviously, with the eastern states being cut off from us, it's been harder to get employees over. So the, the government's push is to, to still have the opportunity to have those workers involved in the sector, because there are some mines that do need to be FIFO, let's be honest. But at the same time, being a bit more generous to the local communities is probably where the state government focus is going to go. Can I be pretty much in that yeah, assumption? That, that's a, a, a fair fair way of putting it. What we're saying is that companies should be more responsive to their workforce. There are some people who like my, my own daughter worked uh, FIFO uh, in a gold mine while she was at university. She loved it. But there are other people who find it a struggle. So what we say is that people should be given a choice. You know, my, my wife comes from Kalgoorlie. A regular visitor to Kalgoorlie, I know the lifestyle that people can lead here. Many people would choose a residential lifestyle if the companies allowed them to. So what we say is the company should allow the workforce to choose the lifestyle instead of making rigid demands on the workforce to be FIFO. Just on your announcements on the $8.2 million in the COVID-19 recovery funding for resources exploration. Yep. A new ion microprobe for Curtin Uni. Tell me yeah, about this. This is, this is really exciting <laughs> stuff, isn't it? An ion microprobe allows a deep analysis of the individual atoms in a sample so that you can really uh, ascertain how old the formation is and how it fits together with the you know, early tectonic issues of, that, of the formation of that uh, structure. This allows a more complete picture of geology to be gained by researchers so that then you can apply those models to determine where resources might be available, as well as creating a, you know, a deeper understanding of the history of the, of the earth as well. And so we've allowed... the Curtin University has had this microprobe for 27 years and it's basically come to the end of its life. And so we're pleased to partner with the Commonwealth Government and Curtin University to replace this. It means it'll be one of only five in the whole world. It keeps Western Australia at the leading edge of geophysics, which is so critical to the future discoveries. As we all know, the old practice of finding ore deposits through outcropping is basically getting to the end because all those ore bodies have been found and we now need to use new technologies to find these next wave of ore. And this is part of that, keeping us at the forefront of these important technical aspects of the industry. Just one part that's caught my eye a little bit is it's understanding the formation of our solar system. Yes, so what they can do is that they've already done this, they've already used the microprobe, the the older one, to examine, for example, moon rocks. And so now that we're starting to go further in the solar system, this microprobe can be used to analyse turned samples from space. So it really is at the cutting edge globally for R&D and understanding not just the formation of the Earth but our whole solar system. Sooner or later, you might be the, uh, the Minister for Mines and the Solar System. Well, they say that, uh, you know, I just read uh, yesterday that about a West Australian-based company that's looking to mine uh, helium-3 on the moon. So, you know, who knows what is going to go next. And interestingly, I'm just, as an aside... Um, the, the, the remote operation centres in the iron ore industry and the LNG sector can now be applied to mining on the moon. And so that's why NASA is coming to Western Australia to learn about how to run remote operations. So there really is an incredible technological base here in Western Australia and we don't 
congratulate ourselves on that enough. Ten years from now, the popularity that the McGowan government is still the flavour. <laughs> You're still the Minister for Mines and the Moon by the sounds of it. What will we be talking about in mining and what does the future hold, do you believe? Well, look, it's about applying technology to solve problems. So what I'd love to see in a decade's time, I don't. at the age of 67, I don't think I'm going to be the, the Minister at that time. I might be sitting on a beach somewhere. But what I'd like to see is, is, is that people know Western Australia is the place you come for solving problems technical problems and so the mining industry will be full of high-paid high-skilled workers who are respected globally for their understanding of their jobs and so that if you've got not just a problem in the resource sector but across any industry you can come to WA and know you can find somebody that can solve your problem. Minister thanks very much for your time. Thank you. The Crib Room series of podcasts are produced by Industry Link Media. Subscribe to podcasts via your audio platform and via industrylinkmedia.com. This is a Crib Room Podcast.